Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good day, eh? and welcome to the show. Uh, this uh, Great White North shout-out goes to Darren Jacobs. Uh, he's from Canada, eh? Good day, and uh, this show is like for you, dude. Take off. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, oh, those hulks are falling. Eliza Dushku is now unemployed, but there is an opening as Matthew's closing optional Major Domo and General Snuggle Bunny. And the lizards are here, but ain't enough lizard eaten or Freddy Krueger for my taste. And Stephen insists that all DC characters' last name is really Wayne. Plus, Rodrigo goes for the crown of most ticketed man in Ellis County. Also, the blue and the gold are reunited, but with a little more brain-eating this time. In addition, why you shouldn't drink things out of 100-year-old buried bottles. Plus, can R2-D2 assimilate the Borg? All this and much, much more as the little podcast that could hits 151, which coincidentally is the proof of my favorite rum. If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to listen to the major spoilers podcast on the air now. Not valid in all 50 states. Sorry, Tennessee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 152. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Last week was 150. That's right, and then we had a Saturday podcast, an awesome Wait. interview with Matthew Sturgis. Well, I wasn't in that, it. so that doesn't count. Oh, well, okay. So this is probably then actually episode 130. Yeah, cause... Actually, if it had Matthew Service Sur Sturgis, it did, in fact, have the Matthew quotient, so oh, I guess okay. it... Oh, okay. All right. But the problem is there's no 152-proof rum, of which I'm aware. Ah, Although, all right. if you have some, you can send it to Major Spoilers, care of podcast. At majorspoilers.com. <laughs> Attention, Matthew's rum. <laughs> yeah, make sure you don't add the P on the end of that, please. Uh, all right, Matthew? everybody. Matthew's rum. And then you said, I said, don't add the P on the end yeah, of rum. Yeah, let's explain it. More P jokes. <laughs> hey, everybody. Find out of the gutter, We you? got a lot of things going on. We're going to try to knock through them a little bit later on in the show. We he actually are going to take a look at more kids' comics. With Saltwater Taffy, the truth of Dr. True. But first, let's talk about some of the no news items and possibly make Matthew really angry. Attention, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships. Anyone care about V? Have you watched V, Rodrigo? I watched the pilot. Any good? Yeah, it was okay. Matthew, did you watch V? I watched a little bit. I, I kind of felt like there was a lot of uh, Firefly alumnus in it that kind of threw me. Yeah, I just... Uh, 
for some reason, trying to remember back all the way to 1984 is really hard for me at times. Oh, I remember the original V, clearly. So do I. And that's, I guess that's why I really wasn't interested in uh, watching this. I did download it on iTunes. The first episode was available for free. And I watched maybe the first five, ten minutes of it, and then I had to go do something else. You remember when Ham showed up and he always called Mike Donovan Gooder? And he had that cool guy with him who used to play Cal and Stanford and son. And they were like tech wizards and they had weapons and stuff. I don't remember that part. Okay, so you, you suck. Yeah, I remember faces Rodrigo, getting you ripped were off. Me, right? Faces getting ripped off and mice getting eaten. Ah, the, mouse. Yum, yum. the big reveal where Martin's face gets ripped off was yes. pretty impressive. And then the, and then the uh, alien baby. All right. The second week, though, V didn't do so well. Dropped 26 points, 26% from the previous week. Oh, no. Which is kind of what they expected, but when you got a four issue... 26% of what? Of the viewership from the week before. Okay, but uh, what was the viewership? Yeah, something like 10, 16 million, something like that. Which isn't a bad number. I have 100% IR on my two calls. It doesn't work. I need a number. Well, I'm telling you, somewhere between 10 and 16 million in that first week. That's too many. Well, that's what some people would say. I wouldn't say that because I'd love to have 16 million people listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. You can you can spread the word about Major Spoilers by telling your friends, making copies of the show, handing it out at conventions. Make sure that your friends aren't drooling, slack-shot, inbred, grit-eating morons because... You know, there's the three of us, and that's pretty here's, much all. Here's going. the problem with the the show taking a 25 percent or more cut mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. second week. It's only a four episode miniseries, and then it goes on hiatus until like March. Mm. People are going to forget about it if it. And I guess uh, we're recording it tonight. I think there's another episode on tonight. Mm-hmm. It's either tonight or Wednesday. Hello, future people. Hello, future people. Yes. Uh, if it drops again, ouch! I think uh, it may not come back. After the Olympics. If it dropped 25% and this trend continues, why nobody <laughs> might be watching it after the fourth episode. Amazing, Good thing Spock. there's only four episodes. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, no, no one would see the fifth it'd one. It'll only be 75%. If, if you lost 25% of 75% of the original audience, right, you'd right, still right. have upwards of 56%. Yeah. Mr. IR. What about Dollhouse? Do you care about Dollhouse getting no. the axe? Mm, I couldn't. I I, I, I had couldn't some... care less. <laughs> <laughs> I had some moral issues with Dollhouse, and I, I never quite got past the fact that the first episode I saw was she was programmed basically to be this half-naked whore, and my brain was just kind of like, well, that's problematic. And, you know, I, I'm arousing. sure... That, well, yes and no. <laughs> it's Eliza Dushku. I mean, Eliza Dushku could wash my car. I mean... They could show me two hours of Eliza Dusku like painting an Optimus Prime mural if, on a street corner, and I'd be just like, <sighs> "If you want to see Eliza washing a car, go watch uh, Bring It On, the first movie, where she's a cheerleader." Is that the one with the really hot black girl? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think it's Gabrielle Union. Yeah. So nobody cares about. I never watched the show, to be honest with you. I didn't either. All right, moving uh, right along. Anyone yeah, care no. about MGM on the auction block? Oh, had huge... how much? Let's pick it up. Well, you know, Steven. I think it's probably How much money gonna do we go, have? it's going to go for less than a hundred million. I'm going to be almost certain of that. That's more. Well, money. no, it'll oh, go more than that. Hell. It'll go for about four billion, probably, is what it'll go for. That's more money than we. Four have. billion. I'll write them a check right now. Problem is, MGM right now is the are the ones producing or is the studio producing the Hobbit, the two part Hobbit Uh-oh. Guillermo del Toro movie. 
my big question, and nobody really knows the answer because it has to be, uh, you know, first they have to officially put it up on the auction block. I think it's supposed to take place before the end of the month. Get it approved by shareholders, but still, there's a Hobbit movie people want to see. Mm-hmm. MGM are the ones that hold the rights to it. They've got the green light and the go-ahead. About a month ago, they had told investors, hey, give us some more money so that we can at least get the Hobbit off the ground so it can start filming. Mm-hmm. If they go out of business and go up onto the auction block and someone else buys them out, will the movie continue or will it get hack slashed? Will the will the rights revert to Rankin Bass? Oh, good Lord, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wasn't so bad. Ralph Bakshi did some interesting stuff with it. Yeah, you know, the uh, the orcs chasing the hobbits in the first Hobbit mm-hmm. movie, that was pretty awesome. Mm. The battle, yeah, of, uh, battle of Helm's Deep in the uh, Return of the King... Yeah, Return of the King that they did, also pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't all bad. Certainly it wasn't perfect, but I think part of the problem that people have is that you look back at anything in retrospective and you think, well, that sucks because it wasn't as cool as what came later. So. I loved watching that as a kid. I as couldn't did I. do it. You didn't do it? Didn't do it for you? Nope. I could not I could not sit down and watch the movie. There was something about the animation style that I just could yeah, not. Yeah. It's kind of rotoscope different. Yeah. yeah, it's that and, and I think what it is is that um a lot of the animation it's clear that it was actually done over people. Right, right. And right. that that just threw me every time. In the Return of the King, I don't did they do two towers? I don't remember if they did a two I towers only, version. I only saw one. But they, and I'm pretty sure it was the Hobbit. I'm pretty sure it's in the Return of the King they told the story of how um, Gollum became Gollum and got the ring. And that was, there's whole scenes where it's just like silhouettes of a man attacking another man, nice. obviously yeah. wearing some big hobbit feet and ears. Nice. And it's all in silhouette against this weird, trippy red background. Yeah. yeah. Rotoscoping is a difficult tool to use well. I mean, if you look at heavy metal, uh, the Tarna sequence has some heavy rotoscoping, and it's some of the least attractive stuff in that particular set. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But back at the whole point of, of MGM, what exactly does it mean if you're selling MGM? Are you selling you're the selling, property? You're selling all of the – well, the big thing that somebody's going to get a hold of is the 4,000 titles in their library, including right. the James Bond films, Ooh, right. including um, – Do they still have The Wizard of Oz? Dune is in that. Uh, they might have Wizard of Oz. I'd have to go down and look at the list. They have you know, Singing 4, in the 000, Rain. Singing in the Rain, all that stuff. And that's a valuable library. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, they yeah. don't have a backlot anymore. No. So, I mean, there's there's not really physical property involved. Most of what they're getting in yeah, whatever the they library. pay is going to be intellectual property and, you know, marketing rights, basically. Yep. But I think, that, of course, at this point in time, that may be the most valuable thing that MGM is. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily about what they're doing now. And I think that if you have something, let's say you're making a movie for MGM right now, they're not going to be looking at you as as big uh, a uh, draw as having the rights to, you know, sell You Only Live Twice to TBS or whatever it is they do. Yeah, but boy, I guarantee you the Hobbit movie after the success of the uh, the Fellowship movies, that is going to be a huge moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the potential to be. It, yeah. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely nothing in life is guaranteed. Especially you if you're know, the you know Hulk. what else was supposed to be a huge follow-up <laughs> and a huge money anchor? The Edsel. Yeah, well, you know. What about this Fall of the Hulks? Fall of the Hulks. Um, I don't read the Hulk. I know that the, he's got this uh, tire man called A-Bomb. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a Red Hulk running around. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Son of a Hulk. Yeah. I know that there's, there's a She-Hulk. The Hulk. Uh-huh. And I know that there's a Hulk Hulk who is no longer Bruce Banner Hulk, I guess. Is Bruce Banner there- no longer the Hulk? 
Bruce Banner's uh, radiation was absorbed by Red Hulk. Ah. The problem that I have with Hulk right now, I do read Hulk, is there are three or four big mysteries floating around that nobody's answering. Who is the Red Hulk? Who is the Red She-Hulk? What's up with uh, Doc Samson? You know, who's behind all this crap? And for three years now, they've put out 13 issues, and it's just... We've been going for money shot after money shot after money shot without actually delivering. So I honestly don't care about Fall of the Hulks. But the Hulks, they're falling. Yeah, Who will whatever. catch them? Why are there that many Hulks? I'll because tell you Because they this, can. Well, this is what I'm hoping comes out of Fall of the Hulks is there only being one Hulk. The gray one that's really smart and dresses in a trench coat with a hat? Sure. If we can, If we go back, to, I'd be okay with us going back to Mr. Fix-It mm-hmm. as long as there's only one Hulk. All right. And possibly well, and She-Hulk. She and what Hulk. about that A-Bomb, guy with the big forehead? That's the leader. A-Bomb doesn't have, isn't actually a Hulk. That's Rick Jones. It's the A-Bomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was Rick James. No. <laughs> Rick up. James was busy choking a bitch that day. <laughs> and uh, he didn't get irradiated. Bruce Banner and his kid, Scar, are running around doing the whole... Uh, Incredible father-son thing. The Red Hulk is being completely unnecessary. There's a Red She-Hulk who may or may not be Domino. There's the original She-Hulk. There's a She-Hulk from the future who is actually the daughter of the Hulk and Thundra. So there's like three She-Hulks running around right now. Well, thank God there's only one Blue Beetle. I mean two. Uh, wait. We'll be Five. talking about Booster Gold in just a minute. Not uh, only that, there's three different Blue Beetles named Dan Garrett. If there you, you go. Down. Matthew, I got a question for you. Do you want us to I hang up? Answer. Do you want to want us to hang up and let Rodrigo and I talk about Doctor Who, Waters of Mars that we watched last night? You or do you want to be spoiled? Spoiled. Rustled. We're gonna wrestle you so hard. <laughs> okay, that's just <laughs> you may I may I may leave the show for that. <laughs> Here's what I'm gonna do. If you get to a point where I don't want to hear it, I'm gonna stick my fingers in my ears and sing the Star Spangled Banner. All right. All right. So Doctor Who, Waters of Mars. Waters of Mars. Rodrigo and I had the inside scoop. That's and right. Everybody who was up on the major spoilers forums got the inside scoop. That's right. Don't know if it's active over there at the YouTube anymore. Mm, probably not. I guess it's probably not. Nah. I'm guessing somebody got up at 9 a.m. and was like, um, oh, we're getting a lot of it. Oh, no. <laughs> Takedown notice, BBC. Uh, Season oh, desist. And I don't know if that was authorized or not. It seemed to be somewhat of a BBC tied-in account or something. I don't know what it was. Was it? It looked pretty official, but, I mean, it's and very rare. And the quality rare. was good. That's what I was going to say. It's very rare that you see a show like that put up on YouTube in high definition yeah. when it's going to be taken down pretty quick. Basic premise, Doctor Who... Steps out of the TARDIS. He's on Mars in 2059, November 21st, 2059. The day the first uh, Martian, human Martian base colony colony is blown up in a nuclear bomb. And no one ever knows why. That's right. And the doctor doesn't realize it's the date Mm -hmm. until he's brought on board the colony station. And all hell breaks loose. There's some, yes, there's some virus in the ice ice cap that they've the ice glacier that they've tapped into that's their water for the entire colony and mm-hmm. the, the colony is really consists of the captain who's the prime person in the story yeah she actually has a rather long history uh her second in command who she treats with little respect yeah um 
the young, you know, computer nerdy guy that runs the robot. Yep. A Russian medical guy. Yep. A couple of um, a couple of uh, plant people. Uh, what do they call <laughs> no, her- no, no, gardeners? Not, yeah, they're they're uh, horticulturalists. Gardeners. Yes. Okay. And then the Russian female. No, I think she's um, I don't think she's Russian. I think she's like Swedish. Oh, okay. And the hot Chinese and, girl. And the hot Asian. <laughs> the hot Asian girl. The only one. I, did you notice she's the only one that's wearing the low cut top? Is she? Yes. I and and it's tight fitting. All the rest, frumpy clothes. Yep. Only one. So all hell breaks loose. There's some kind of, uh, it's kind of like a zombie kind of No, it's exactly story. a zombie story. Because you don't want to get infected. If any of the water gets on you, you're instantly infected and your mouth cracks into a yep. million pieces and you get and, these and, white eyes. And, and water starts pouring out of everywhere. They shoot water out of their bodies every, you know, imagine your hand turning into a... Uh, an elemental or something, you just shoot water out of mm-hmm. your hand or out of your mouth. And so they're trying to infect everybody to get back to Earth to infect, infect Earth, Earth and to get all the water that they want. And, of course, the doctor realizes that this is the day the station blows up. Mm-hmm. He calls it one of these fixed points in time that can never be changed and says, I cannot help you. I cannot save you. I cannot help you. The captain, her name is Brooks. Is that her last name or something like um, that? I forget what her last name was. Yeah, Brooks, because her first name's like Adelaide yeah. or something. Her granddaughter, the legend of this heroic captain, her granddaughter goes on and pilots the first uh, light speed ship that takes the humans beyond space, and it's because her grandmother died that it inspired her, and if mm-hmm. the grandmother doesn't die, then that may alter history irrevocably. Irrevocably. Meaning that it can't be fixed. Meaning that it can't be irrevocable. <laughs> It was an intense 70 minutes or whatever that that, yeah. that show was. Yeah, I mean, was I was watching. Solid. I mean, this is the episode leading up to the last David Tennant episode. Mm-hmm. And again, spoilers are on, Matthew. This might be the part where you might want to plug in your ears. Uh, the doctor says, I cannot help you. And they're like, okay, fine. You don't want to help us? Fine. And so he's walking away. And finally he... Decides that his, he's his going to. His comm link is open and he's hearing everything that's going on there. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, we are dying. Oh, no, I am turning into a water zombie. <laughs> and the doctor says, I don't give a crap anymore. Yep. He essentially says, for the longest time, I have been the last surviving Time Lord. And he says, I'm no longer the surviving Time Lord. I am the victorious Time Lord, and whatever I say goes. Yep. And he freaking trips out. He does. I mean, it's pretty intense. If you want to see the doctor get more intense than you've ever seen him before, he turns into mad scientist mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's yelling and screaming, and he, you know, there's an almost a hint of evil oh, yeah. in his demeanor when he is trying to save the remaining three people on, on board the station, on the or the colony. Mm-hmm. And it's it's intense. Yeah. Now, have you been watching, Rodrigo, have you been watching the um, all of the Tenet episodes? Did you see the one that takes place in the library yes. where the shadows come yes. and the suits are reanimating? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that, and this is just me looking at it from, you know, tying it in in an aesthetic way. Did you notice how they lit the doctor's spacesuit? Mm-hmm. His face almost becomes a skeleton and he's hearing... He's hearing the last voices of the people in the colony, just like those people in the in the library episode. It's a repeat of every the last moments of their lives going on in those yeah. shadow creatures. It's very similar. Yes. 
very, very, very similar, in fact, because when I was watching it, I was like, this really reminds me of the library episode. Did it really? It's pretty much the library episode, except, yeah. you know, there's there's a different beginning and end. Yes, yes. But... The Doctor does end up saving three people, and mm -hmm. it does change history. It does. And he freaks out and says, I've gone too far. Well... And then we have to wait really, till Christmas. There, there's one thing specifically that causes him to freak out. Oh, yeah. We're um, not going to spoil that we part won't because... spoil that part. If you don't see it on YouTube, if you can't find it on YouTube anymore... Then wait until, what is it, December 15th? Nine years from now. No, December 15th when it airs here on BBC America. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the second episode comes out December 23rd or something in the UK, which means, again, be watching the skies because it might appear on YouTube, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to see it a month early than everyone else. But I love that episode, Rodrigo. I don't know about you, but I thought it was probably one of the more intense, best Doctor Who episodes I've seen in quite a while. Oh yeah, it was good. It was exciting. Um, I gotta say the like Doctor Who always feels weird without a companion. To true, me. true. Um, so like those those like placeholder episodes between companions mm -hmm. always just feel very. For some reason, they're just totally strange. It's like we lose that little bit of connection, right? Um, but then you get more Doctor, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To, to fill that in. I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. There were a couple things where like um. It's like all of a sudden this huge moral quandary gets thrown up and it's resolved very quickly. Like he kind of goes like, wow, I have taken. Oh, no. What did I do? Right, right, right. And very quickly. But and, I think it kind of shocks him in that, you yeah. know, he's always tried to save lives. And then the, the shocking ending is kind of like, yeah. oh, you kind of saw that coming. Yep. What'd you think of Gadget Gadget? Um, I hope that it was a one time deal. God, I hated that. Yeah. And the fact that as it drove, it left flaming 88 mile per hour flaming yeah. tracks behind it. 121 gigawatts. <laughs> yes. I'm giving it five slices of meatloaf. Five slices. I'll give it three and a half. I'm putting this on my best of 2009 list over at the Major Spoilers Forum. It was a very solid thing. And I think everyone else can head over to the Major Spoilers website, click on the forums, go under general and click on the best of 2009, and you can put in what you thought was the best parts of this year mm -hmm. over at the Majorspoilers.com website. We'll be back with more Matthew and Rodrigo and myself right after this. This issue of the Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Past Generation Toys. With action figures from DC and Marvel, there's bound to be an action figure for you. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. Oh, thank you so much, everybody, for sponsoring the show. Thank you, everybody, for clicking on our sponsors. In fact, if you really want to help us out during the remainder of the month of November, go to the site every day, click on all of the ads, especially the banner ad at the top and the uh, the Google ads on the side. That really helps us out a lot as well. Well, we kind of already did one review. We reviewed. Well, Rodrigo and I reviewed Doctor Who. Uh, you want us, to, you want us to tell you about it, Matthew? Just back up about five minutes. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> Why don't you shut your whore mouth? All right, let's get some other reviews out of the way. Rodrigo, what do you got for us this week? What do I have for us this week? What I have this week is... <laughs> um, <laughs> what words? <laughs> now, I... Uh, 
Uh-huh. Are you done? <laughs> All uh, right. Okay, I should be done. Okay. <laughs> uh, every day is great. All right. So I read um, Nola number one from Boom Studios. Boom Studios. Um. And as I understand, we got a review either up or coming on the website as well. It's probably, depending on when you're listening to this, up on the same day or not, but that's okay. okay. I'll be interested to see what Stacy B has to say. What does Rodrigo have to say? Um, this issue was all set up. Um, it's it's actually pretty hard to tell where this is where the story's gonna go from here. We're introduced to um the main character who the first time we see her is wearing, has her whole head covered up and is basically trying to get across a bridge in New Orleans um, to get back home immediately after Hurricane Katrina. Ah, okay. Um, Then we get some flashbacking and we see that she is an attractive lady um, who was doing pretty well in New Orleans. Um, She was dating... A married rich guy. Aren't they all? Yes. Um, And he was a jerk, um, and he tries to kill her. Ah, does he succeed? Uh, No, because then we flash back forward and she's on the bridge shooting some cops. How do we know she didn't die and is back from the dead? Uh, I suppose she could be a zombie. It is New Orleans. Right. She's waiting in the dark. Home of home many of the, zombies. Home of many zombies. She's hoping right. not to shoot some cops. They they prefer the term undead American, Stephen. <laughs> okay. All right. ACLU, get off my back. Yep. <laughs> so, by the way, that Ashley Simpson reference was brought to you by the letter B. The uh the the art is really good. I'm I'm a big fan. It's got um the characters are very expressive. You can always tell which characters which. That's, you know, never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um I suppose it could be seen as a little bit cartoony, but it's, you know, I mean all the proportions are pretty realistic mm-hmm. on everyone. So, um the issue ends with um Nola with her covered up face shooting some cops and making her way across the bridge. So run, Nola, run? Kind of. Okay. So it's all set up. We kind of don't know. We know a little bit about the character, not a whole lot about the character. Yeah. She shot some cops. That ain't good. The flood yep. has just occurred. Pretty much. George Bush is finally acting and sending in the Marines. That's right. Okay. So this is a miniseries ongoing? Um, I think it's a miniseries. Okay, probably four issues. That's what they kind of do over there at Boom. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. Ever, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a miniseries. It's a little strange. I mean, Hurricane, you know, the Hurricane Katrina and the and the the backles that that spawned from it, right? Were you know a while ago, but still, it it feels a little soon fresh for in it. everyone's mind. Yeah, which is probably why they're doing it mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before it just kind of totally leaves the collective consciousness. Yeah. Um. All in all, I'll give it. I'll give this first issue three slices of meatloaf. It's, you know, there's. It's pretty solid. I don't know where they're gonna take it, um, but I'm really curious to see where it goes. Cool. 
All right. Nola number one out today, depending on when you're listening to this. Hello, future people. Hello, future people. From Boom Studios. Matthew. What? What do you got for us? I have Grant Morrison distilled. Oh, brother. (laughs) Batman and Robin number six from DC Comics came out last, let's say Wednesday. Yes, this great purple rain cover. I Murfinen. I'm sure that was an intentional reference. It's a Frank Quietly cover, so it's actually pretty. Unlike what seems to be Ooh, the hiccups going on in the issue. Allow me to take a drink of my frosty beverage to get rid of my hiccups. All right. Gulpity gulpity. This week, Matthew is drinking tamarind jarritos. Those aren't actually half bad. No, those are really I prefer good. I prefer the, um, what is it, the orange something flavor. Yeah. Is that the the soda drink? Yeah. You know, that's made with real sugar. That's how you know it's a good drink. I had that over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yummy yum. Good stuff, man. Yummy yum. Thank you, Mexico. Yep. Meanwhile, (laughs) back in Gotham City, we we open with with something that I think is kind of cute and kind of meta. Yes. Uh, The Red Hood has captured uh, Bruce and, no, wait, Dick and Damien. And has stripped them down to their underpants and put them in front of a webcam. And he's put up a referendum. The people of Gotham City can dial a 900 number. And if they get enough numbers, he will turn on the webcam and show Batman and Robin's real faces to the world. Now, given that Jason Todd was killed because of a 900 number vote, and I voted yes, I might add. I like that little moment. Mm-hmm. But then we're immediately thrown into this bit with the flamingo. Yes. And the Flamingo troubles me for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that the Flamingo is a character from the Joker vein without any real thought process behind him. He's kind of a yes. a vicious gay Zorro slash Joker hybrid. Yes, and he looks and a lot like Freddie Mercury. A little bit, yeah. He's, of course, fighting the Red Hood and Scarlet, and he basically beats the snot out of him. Jason Todd shoots him point blank, and he laughs at him. And that is... That's one of those moments that's just a little too self-referential for me. I hate that bit. It comes in every Saw movie where somebody is horribly injured and then, you know, laps it off and then immediately is an unstoppable Jason Voorhees juggernaut. That bothered me. Of course, the people of Gotham City vote yes. And when the cam comes up, Batman, of course, is fully costumed and says, the Red Hood promises more than he can deliver. And Damien says, get a life. And I realize it's 1986 in Gotham City. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the fighty fighty goes on. Um, Batman and Robin end up teaming up with the Red Hood and Scarlet. And the Red Hood maybe kills the Flamingo. Throughout the fight sequence, it's some interesting, it's some, some dynamic character design and some layout, but it's not really clear. And that's a problem I have. There's a moment where I'm pretty sure that Scarlet rips out the flamingo's throat. Yes, with but one of her little really, bat ninja things. I can't really tell. Yeah. And it. I think that the Red Hood, you know, scoops him up into a, an earth mover and crushes him to death, but I can't really tell. Yeah. And something bad happens to where Damien is badly wounded, but I can't really tell you what. Well, according to Damien, he says, I told you I'm not in pain. I can't feel anything below my waist. Right. Yay! <laughs> but we see we see Damien show up with a bazooka 
<laughs> and call the flamingo gay. Yes. We see some fighty fighty. We see some more fighty fighty. We don't necessarily see. Oh, wait, he gets shot in the back. Okay. Yeah. See, the layouts are, are, are unclear for me. And of course the issue ends with Gotham city PD trying to take the red hood into custody for killing the flamingo. Scarlet drives off into the sunset. Batman and Robin do their moment. The only part of the book that really works for me is Scarlet's final page reveal. Yeah. Where Scarlet is driving away, and whatever it is, it seems that her face, her fake face, or maybe her real face, or both, peels off. Right. And I know we're going to see her again. Yeah. But I just... Overall, it it really ends my love affair with uh, Batman and Robin as a series thus far. I'm not necessarily dropping the book. It does end with something that I think is the corpse of Bruce Wayne. That was interesting, too. Because, I mean, the implication has been that Black Hand has Bruce Wayne's body. And the last page of this issue has what seems to be Batman's body interred somewhere next Blackest Night with a K. So really Blackest Knigget. I, um, I was kind of underwhelmed by this issue. The flamingo seemed a little bit paint by numbers to me. There's a moment where El Penitente is involved. Oberon Sexton is involved. Neither El Penitente nor Oberon have any real character basis that I see just reading this book. I don't know if they're appearing in other bat titles. And they have more depth there. Not that I've seen. Okay, this was not clear to me. The story wasn't clear. There wasn't a real motive behind the flamingo other than, boy, I sure am evil. I didn't, you know, I I, I didn't follow the fight and the layout very well. And I felt oh, like... Oh, just say it, Matthew. The art did not um, meet comic book standards. Didn't do it for me. Wasn't bad art, necessarily. Wasn't good art. It wasn't clear. The art itself had some issues with the layout that I would, you know... Even upon multiple reads, I just now saw what happened to Damian Wayne. Yeah. And or, and or Raish Al Ghul Wayne Damian. Because everyone's <laughs> last name is Wayne. Of course they are. They're all adopted. Steven really loves the adventures of the Justice Society with uh, Jay with the Wayne, Waynes. the original Flash, and yes, uh, uh, don't forget Carter Alan Wayne, Wayne, the Hawkman, and don't his forget, wife. Don't forget Alan Wayne. Wayne. Alan yeah. Wayne, the, the Green Lantern. Ted, Ted Wayne. the uh, Ted Wayne. And, and of course, Wild everybody's Wild. favorite, Dr. Wayne. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, I like that. And, and the course, one that's Dwayne, a little creepy, Dwayne though. Wayne. <laughs> the one that's a little weird is uh, Silk Wayne. <laughs> anyway. So, Matthew, tough story. Mm. Tough art. Hard this not is, to crack. This is uh, Grant Morrison's Return to the Batman Universe, six in- issues in. Six inches in. Yeah. Interesting Feels motive. Like Twisting it, yeah. Well, depends on yeah which way you're thinking about it. The very odd metaphor you choose there, Schlecker. <laughs> All I know like is I'm that. sore after reading this. As am I. One out of five slices. Wow, of the fr- it is what it is, and it it delivers in a way, but it doesn't deliver in a way that is different to me. Had this story been told with Bruce as Batman. I don't really think we would have had to do more than change a couple of panels. There wasn't a real ramification of, you know, Jason trying to take over Dick's role was set up in issue four and issue five, Mm -hmm. but it never really came together like that. And in this issue, you know, Jason's, Jason's lunatic rant kind of undermined anything we could have said. I mean, Jason can be written as a sympathetic character, 
but I, I don't I, feel like he was here. I actually liked him as the tag along disgruntled hero in that uh whatever the hell that thing was where he and, and Donna Troy were jumping through the different worlds with Countdown. Yeah, that thing. He was actually a good character in that. This I, he's I the challenger of the fantastic. You know, every time we do these dueling reviews, I keep waiting for you and I to disagree on a title. And I really thought you were going to like this book. And I really agree with you on every point you made. One, one Grant Morrison meta question. Yes. So Robin showed up in 1940, essentially. We might say in the 39, beginning of 40, somewhere around there. Batman Um, number one was cover dated February of 1940. Okay. All right. So... If we go 60 years down the road with 69 years, actually, each issue. Yes. But if each issue represents a decade, when Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin first appeared on the scene, it was all happy go lucky and pow zoom pow. And we saw that in the first issue. And then as Batman's adventures move down the line, he becomes this dark and gritty, you know, Avenger of the night, Avenger of the night. And by the time we hit issue six here. That's essentially what this story has become. We started out really happy and pretty, and we've descended into this dark, gritty madness. Am I reading now too much into Grant Morrison? Possibly. <laughs> um, it really depends on what you're smoking. Well. And whether it's the same brand as Grant. Uh, I don't blame this issue necessarily on Grant or Philip Tan. Right. I blame this issue on a mindset of this is how you write a Batman story. And I felt like this issue fell short because we were trying too hard to deliver a Batman story. But the Batman story is kind of about Dick and kind of about Damien and kind of about Jason. I mean, there's a lot of potential here in the fact that all three of these people have a pretty good claim to the title of Batman's kid. Mm -hmm. You know, so that to me could have been more of the, the crux of the thing and throwing in this, you know, insane Venezuelan Joker type character just I don't know it, it smacks of of the Rob Liefeld hey you know who's tougher than this guy the guy I'm going to introduce next month who beats him up yeah. to prove how tough he is yeah I, I like generally I like legacy building I like when you create a character and say hey he's got this whole story that you don't know about but the Flamingo is just too 1992 backup story in cyber force evil for me okay mm-hmm. i agree with you we're that's, gonna have to find a, an issue that you and i don't agree specific. on one of these times uh thank you for that one one slice of meatloaf review you probably Yikes. left i probably would have left half of that on the plate still um man gotta do what a man gotta do hey booster gold number 26 the black and the blue back or the blue and the the gold back together unfortunately it's black and blue and gold and decaying. Black and blue and, and gold. Yes. Did you get the orange ring? No, I haven't. I, apparently, my guy didn't get it, so I'm going to have to go onto eBay and get me Check a set. It. Here, get this. Image. I saw. This is I my saw. You ring. got. Uh, you got four of them now. I got three. You got Thank yellow, you. green, black, and blue, right? No, I have three orange rings. Oh, so you're going to send us each one? No, I gave one to uh, the girl who lives in the basement and one to my daughter. Why? Well, that still is one that you can send to me. <laughs> that goes in my collection. You. All right, so Booster Gold... You should have seen the look on my agent's faces when I was wearing them around the workplace all (laughs) afternoon last Wednesday. I had the indigo on one fist and the orange on the other, and everybody asked me what I was, and I told them that 
They needed to shut up and take calls. <laughs> Booster Gold number 26. Rip Hunter can't find Booster Gold. Where is Booster Gold? No one can find Booster Gold. Hey, Skeets, why don't you go uh, find uh, J- uh, Jaime Reyes and uh, see if he'll he'll help us search for Booster Gold. Why, yes, I'll go do that. So Jaime Reyes gets involved in the story. I think Skeets talks more like this. Hello, my name is Skeets. Rawr, rawr. Actually, apparently uh, Skeets talks like Philip J. Fry because <laughs> I think they're voiced by the same people. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, turns out Booster took a slight trip into the past to go back and witness the funeral of his best friend, Ted Cord, who died way long ago in, in Infinite, Crisis. Infinite Crisis Countdown 52. Crisis. He died in Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Yes. Countdown to Infinite Countdown. Got his head blown off by uh, Max Cord. Max Lord. Max Lord, sorry. So there's a lot of... Tracy uh, Lord killed Cord. <laughs> Tracy Lord, yes. Killed Ted Tracy Cord. Lord, Tracy Lord's killed Cord Wood. <laughs> no, Cord, Cord Wainer Smith killed Tracy Lord's because uh, he gave her Wood. No, she gave him... Never mind. Anyway, Booster is full of self-loathing and, and just, oh, I, why couldn't I not even step up and say some things at my friend's funeral? And meanwhile, Jaime goes to visit... Um, Boosters. Jaime? I think of the robot from Get Smart. <laughs> uh, Jaime goes to visit the Blue Beetle, current Blue Beetle, goes to visit Booster Gold's ancestor. What's his name? Daniel. Dan Hunter. Dan Hunter. Okay. And uh, before they know it, crash kaboom, the bug mobile. The, the, what's the booster? The bug. the bug. Comes crashing into their house. And sometimes a dead you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. The dead, zombified corpse of Ted Cord comes shambling out and attempts to kill everybody. And he bwahahas. Yes, he does. He also splorches. I love the fact that he bwahahas. He also splorches. And I found that this was interesting because we didn't get in this issue that rainbow effect that we're seeing in all the other Blackest Night tie in issues. But uh, Ted Cord reaches in and rips some neighbor's heart out. Fortunately, Daniel. Hunter dons his super uh, supernova costume and Carter. Carter, whatever. Supernova shows up on the scene. Booster Gold takes him down. Essentially, I'm sorry. Blue Beetle takes him down. Ted Cord takes him down, and then Booster shows up, and then we're left with this cliffhanger. It's the Black Beetle. The Black Beetle, which is not really the Black Beetle, because there's a whole different story involving a Black Beetle. Uh. The Black Lantern Beetle. That sounds dangerous. He'd probably get electrocuted. Yeah, I'm getting all my names confused. Yeah, That's you okay. Are. It's late, and I'm too hyphenated so, on caffeine and, and Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Wee! Wee! <laughs> I'm a Luigi. Bo- Stop jumping Rip in my head, Steven. And Beetle, Jaime, Beetle, yes, Beetle. exactly. Beetle, eh, as a tie-in to Blackest Night, it's okay. It's good to see Booster's reaction to... Ted's death. Dead Ted. Dead Ted. Dead Ted's dead. That was probably the best part of the issue. Dead Ted's always been dead. That's why they call him Dead Ted. I think Dan Jurgens is trying to push the uh, blackboard writing hints a little bit too far. You know, before it was Wave Rider is dead, now it's Wave Rider lives. Magnus Metalman Superior will come. Uh, who stole the Miracle Machine? Legion of Just Something, codename Assass. Uh, 
So you who know knows what happens when you assassinate? <laughs> you make an ass out of ass and Nate. Yes, I and Nate. Yes. So you know, there's a part two. <laughs> there's a part two, and that's yeah. fine. Um, it's fine. Is this one of the resurrected titles? No, this no. is this is the booster gold that's been going on oh, for okay. 25 issues, and we finally get an issue of, that involves time travel that doesn't totally mess with your head and actually makes sense mm-hmm. to an extent. So that's the problem that I've had with what Jurgens is doing. I've had that for about the last six to ten issues. So, Jurgens is doing variations on the theme that Johns did in the first 12 issues. Right, and it doesn't work. And so I'm kind of glad that they've pulled back from that. Um, but at the same time, everybody's getting into the Blackest Night stuff, except for somehow Batgirl, number four, didn't get into Blackest Night yet. So that's interesting. Even She'll though, be in the Blackest Night next month? I don't know, but it, I mean, uh, Wendy's there, so surely Marvin will show up. Um, so Booster Gold, fine story. The art is good. Actually, it's above average. I, I really like the art in this. Um, who's that? Mike Norton doing the art. I like his art. I believe there were two. I believe both the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold teams worked on this story. Yeah, you know, when we interviewed um, Matt Sturgis last week on the Major Spoilers podcast on Saturday, you can go back into the uh, issue, I had asked him about that, and he said he just barely had any involvement in the Booster or in the Blue Beetle portion of this. So it may be all just Dan Jurgens doing the writing and the art and Mike Norton doing the additional art. Because um, I don't see Matt credited on this one. So, oh well. It's still a fine issue. It's still a good issue. Three slices of the meatloaf. Was hoping for a little bit more. Didn't feel like I got it. Blackest Night Booster Gold number 26 in stores last week. Yay. Booster. Booster Night. Booster Knight Gold, Ted Cord, Daniel gold. Carter. Vigilante! <laughs> you know, there's a series called Vigilante. Is there? All right, everybody. Now it's time for Matthew. It's, it's time. For me to when shoot Coke out Steven of ends his ceaseless rambling of his beer. When Rodrigo stops mocking the facts that Stephen and I have opinions about things that are older than he, <laughs> it's time. When Michael Buffer calls with his cease and desist order, it's time. For the millions in attendance, and by millions I mean hairs falling off Stephen's head even as we speak. <laughs> I don't think I have a million. Yeah, you would have to start home. <laughs> The major spoilers. Oh, Did you know there are lyrics to the Star Wars or the Star Trek? Yes, and I think you've sang it before, sung it on the show way back when we had our Star Trek episode. Did we? Yes. Or was I? I do remember singing the theme to Bonanza, which goes a little like this: We got a right to pick a little fight, Bonanza. You want to fight with any one of us? You, you want to fight, fight with, with me? Bum, 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 One bum, for bum, all, bum. all for one. <laughs> you guys are old. <laughs> Bonanza, one of the longest running television shows in history. And when it was in syndication, they called it Ponderosa because it was still in first run. Yes. As Bonanza. Yes. 
Nice. Oddly enough, the Bonanza and the Ponderosa were on different sides of Salina when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, the Ponderosa <laughs> was uh, down close to the McDonald's <laughs> off of, uh, I, I, I want to say Iron. No, uh, it's, uh, what are you talking about, Ponderosa? Yeah, the Ponderosa. That, Squirrel Brian would have to tell us, I think it was on the end of uh, Iowa. No, you're thinking of Lawrence. No. When you, come... <laughs> you guys are still old. <laughs> Exit nine. Anyway, <laughs> this week, we ask people to choose Bonanza or Ponderosa, Sizzler or the Golden Corral, Coke or Pepsi, ABC or CBS, or... Mika Tan or Penny Flame. Well, that's an easy one. Penny Flame. Charmaine Star. Charmaine Star, yeah. This week, we asked our listeners, Star Trek or Star Wars? <gasps> Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Space the final frontier versus the galaxy far, far away. R2-D2 in a battle to the death with Data. Neither of them can whistle worth a damn. How many people think that R2-D2's uh, speech is just peppered with rude I'm words? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's just four-letter words, I mean, every other thing. Well, that's why C-3PO is always so indignant about it. Yeah, he's a sailor. I mean, he's the equivalent of the say. sailor. I just know that when uh, when 3PO is like, oh, dear, there's no reason to be like that. And R2-D2 is like, shut the F up, you stupid. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Uh, uh, you know, there are a couple of uh, sides to this issue. There are. Now, one of the best ones happens the in the brand new and the dark, and the dark side. side, exactly. <laughs> one of the best ones comes from this week's release of Star Trek, the, what is it, the the reboot, the ninth movie, whatever it is. On Blu-ray, I believe it's uh, Star Trek: The Motionless Picture Part Two, Electric Boogaloo, something like. That. You actually see in one of the space battles, after the ship gets blown up, you see a little R two D two flying across. R two D trick, nice. And that has been confirmed as the truth by ILM. We've got the photo to prove it up on the Majorspoilers.com website. So, uh, who will start us this week, Matthew? Hi, how are you? Star Wars or the Star Trek? Well, first of all, don't say Star Trek, because it's not Star Trek, it's Star Trek. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, it was essentially think, wagon train to the stars. I, I think what we have to really do is take into account, uh, well, with my upbringing, I didn't go to the movies, still don't go to the movies a lot, but I didn't go to the movies. One of the first movies I ever went to with my Uncle Mike at the uh, theater in Beloit, Kansas, which I believe is still there, although I don't think it's a theater anymore. I think it's uh, what they refer to as kind of like a hole in the wall, was Star Wars. So I saw it very early, but there was also Channel 41 Sunday morning lineup, which oh, yeah. was Wild Wild West. Yes, and it was. something else, and Star, Star Trek, Trek, the original series. To me, Star Trek was one of those things that was really cool, Especially I liked it when Kirk went back in time and got his brain wiped and turned into heap big chief medicine man Kirk. Oh, yeah. Um, in that episode. And I love the fact that all the titles were these weird metaphors and they were all poetical, like, uh, is there in truth no beauty? Or it was either, is there in truth no beauty or is there no truth in beauty? I can't remember which. So for me, I always got to vote Star Trek simply because I love the whole, you know, glow-in-the-dark big red sets and weird pastel backgrounds and yeah, everything they meet is off the scale. My engines can't take the strain. 
And then you've got, you know, Chekhov showing up, and you've got Ricardo Montalban chewing on the scenery. Come on! With that big Whereas, plastic chest of his. <laughs> Star Wars is a wonderful experience for me, but Star Wars is kind of a dirty cowboy future. Nothing wrong with that. But I really like the the shiny, intelligent scientist future that the original series had. Mm-hmm. That eventually, you know, turned into everything, and eventually they gave us dirty cowboy future Star Trek. So, I don't know. For me, Star Trek over Star Wars. All right. One vote for Star Trek. <laughs> and one vote for Stephen <laughs> Kinblomey. Rodrigo, Star Wars or the Star Trek? Um. Well... If, if we're going uh, over upbringing, I was actually first exposed to Star Trek. Okay. But didn't care for it because it mm-hmm. didn't have enough dinosaurs. Ah, okay. So <laughs> I just kind of ignored it. I mean, I, I was a lot more into Lost in Space, which had a ridiculous robot in right, it. Right, right. You know, because that was the And, and dinosaurs. And, and the occasional uh, giant, carrot. Giant man. carrot. I was, was going to say carrot. Yep. Um, so Lost in Space. Yep. Okay. Um. And then, sort of after I grew up a little, I started getting into Star Wars and just had no had no contact with Star Trek whatsoever. Uh-huh. You know, I knew that Next Generation was airing. I'd catch it every once in a while. The pew pew phasers. It's all cool. But um, for me, it was really Star Wars. And now going back and watching all that stuff, I think I just kind of see it through a Star Wars lens uh-huh. of, you know, it's like, well, why don't the blasters look like guns? And why... Is everything so shiny and pretty and stuff? Now, don't get me wrong. I love the the, the remake, mm-hmm. but I think it's because they took away a lot of the stuff that, um, a lot of the con- a lot of the convoluted stuff that the fans liked, mm-hmm. you know. And they were like, okay, well, this is Star Trek for people who aren't familiar with Star Trek, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I liked it. But for me, it's it's always Star Wars. Um, I like the Gendy Tartakovsky Star Wars stuff. I like. I liked select parts of the prequels. I mean that yeah, that sure. uh, that first scene of the third one, just like the you like the Star Wars holiday special. Uh yes, because what With is it? Life, Arthur Life running Day. the uh, cantina, yes, awesome. Yes. And the first and lumpy, of lumpy and itchy. Yep. Um, yes, and I can I can live with the big green rabbit, and I can. Oh, she's got Jackson a hot sidekick. Yeah. You got the hot white haired bikini babe. Um and I can take Kate Skywalker sometimes. Um but I'm I'm willing to put up with that. No, I, I really don't like him. But uh for me, Star Wars is where it's at. It's got everything I want out of a space thing. It's got Does it have two turntables and a microphone? It's got that's where it's at. Um <laughs> That was a good drum break. Um it's got lasers, laser swords, um, sword lasers, <laughs> ninjas, cowboys, robots. It's got everything. Big. Fat I've actually guy. taken to referring to my CPAP machine as the Darth Vader home game. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna go with uh, Star Wars on this. One. I'm gonna agree with Rodrigo. I went with Star Wars, even though I love Star Trek Matthew, and it's the same way. Channel 41, Sunday mm-hmm. morning or late at night, uh, right after the Wild Wild West or whatever was in between. I'm pretty sure it's just Wild Wild West right into Star Trek. Get smart. There was something no. else involved. It would have had to have been an hour long, but I it can't remember what it was. It was a 60s show. At one point, Doc Savage was in there. Oh, um, maybe as a, not as a series. Gilligan's as, Island? No, it wasn't Gilligan's Island. It was an adventure They broke something. up the Doc Savage movie into like four yeah. half-hour episodes or yeah. something. Um, um, 
So well, you, you know, as Tarzan. The reason I didn't choose Star was Trek Dance Fever was probably the Soul Train. Maybe was the exact yeah. same reason that Rodrigo said it was just such a nice, shiny future where everything was great and everything was positive. And I really hope that we live to that future someday. And in fact, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in Star Trek has actually come about, which is kind of cool. But, you know, whenever I want to think fantasy adventure movie, I don't want to think about, hey, my cell phone in my pocket's got more power than that damn tricorder that uh, McCoy's using back in uh, 1933, mm-hmm. which wasn't McCoy, but you get the idea. Um, so They didn't have tricorders in that episode. Spock actually had, had to, to build, build one out of vacuum tubes. That's what I'm saying. But it's, it's still just... knives and bearskins. <laughs> It's Nerds. just something about that. It's just something about that that while it's fun to watch and I really got into uh, the next generation, I enjoyed Deep Space Nine for the episodes that I could see. Voyager was okay. Um, what was that one with Janeway? That was Voyager. Oh, Voyager. Uh, what was the... Oh, and then Enterprise. Enterprise. That one was pretty Enterprise. good, too. Mainly that was the one where Sam Beckett... Sam Beckett... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Mainly because it had Jolene Blake, Blaylock or, or whatever her name in it is. That one it. took too many corners into let's clean up bits of Star Trek right, continuity right. That, that haven't made sense. On the other hand, I love the fantasy aspect of what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. It's the good guys versus the bad guys. It is let's destroy, let's defeat. And then, of course, after the 76 episode, episode four, which I still watch the VHS um, premium edition version that came out in like the... 92 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, do I just the tracking on it? Does no, it like, I only watch it once a year. I watch it once a year. It's the original widescreen version, mm. so it's not all of this hype stuff after the first three episodes. Who you know, shoots there's first? A, th- what's that? Who shoots first? Han Solo. That's right. Always. Han shot first. Um, you know, Nerds. after you get past that uh, episode four and you start seeing five and six and one, first. two, and Jim three. Jim frickin' Kirk shot first. How about that, Mr. Smarty Pants? <laughs> you get into one, two, and three, and even there's aspects of those movies that are really good because you start to see the development of these characters and this universe, and it spills out into comic books and books, and radio dramas, and online games, and all of this Star other Trek stuff, including the the recent Clone Wars stuff, which I get Star- excited about watching that stuff. And I know Star Trek did that stuff, but it's, again, that Star Trek future. crossed over with the Kazinti. Well, they also crossed over with X-Men. Yes. So just, for that reason, just so you could have two Doctor McCoys, <laughs> for that and reason, I vote Star Wars. Well, sadly, uh, the faithful spoiler rights are sort of leaning towards y'all's spoiler position. Spoiler rights, you have betrayed Matthew for the last time. <laughs> I find your lack of faith most displeasing, I, Julian. Yes. Fifty-eight <laughs> percent of the votes are leaning towards Luke Skywalker and his brood, if you will. 42% of the votes, 295 votes in. So roughly probably 180, 190 for Star Wars and the remainder are correct um, for Star Trek. <laughs> I think the thing with Star Trek is that it is a brand in a way that Star Wars isn't. Star Wars is a franchise, a series of right, movies, right. one timeline. Star Trek has become a brand that you can put on you know, anything. What I find most fascinating is that Stargate now is doing everything that Star Trek did. Right. Because they had the original Star Trek, and then they had uh, Stargate Atlantis, which was Stargate Deep Space Nine, and now they're doing Stargate Voyager with this full Stargate universe. So I'm waiting, and now that they're going to go back in time and redo the James Spader movie, 
So that should be awesome. Rob, but that's nice over there. Rob says, Star Wars, the longest I've ever watched a Star Trek was six minutes, and even that was tough to do. I have to go with Star Wars, even though episodes one and two exist. Um, Burton, Barton have- G says, 10 to 15 years ago, it would have been Star Wars, no question, but the magic of the franchise has faded, alas. Plus, the new Trek movie the recent that I recently rewatched, a whole new, the whole run of DS9 and the newly remastered classic Trek series have all made me fall in love with Trek again. Blam. There you go. Uh, LaLoop says, let me sum it up for you. Star Wars, great few hours watching the movies. Star Trek, great lifelong journey with the characters. Yep. And then Greg, Greg A decides to be the funny man and says, see Doctor Who. Yep. Jerk. <laughs> now. All right. It's just interesting because, you know, the people fall into that Marvel, DC, yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars kind of uh, and, thing. And, and quite frankly, I was grasping at straws for well, this week, poll of the week. So. Well, and, and, and actually, it kind of speaks to exactly the same thing. DC kind of is, or for a long time at least, was the big shiny future, mm-hmm. you know, with these like super cool superheroes. And Marvel got in by being a little bit greedier, a little bit more street level kind of stuff. It's kind of the right. same thing. What do you want to see in your ships? Do you want to see we have utopia and these outsiders are threatening it or there's this oppressive empire and I, the outsider must bring it down. It's kind of just, you know, it's kind of the same story just seen from the opposite angle in a lot of ways. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, virtually all science fiction for the last 30 years comes from either one school or the other. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at serenity, serenity is in that star Wars vein. It takes, well, it, it, it takes kind of a more of a cowboy thing going on, but Serenity takes that Star Wars take of these are people, sure, they have these technologies, whatever, but they're still the the archetypes and the icons right. that you recognize. Right, 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 right. Whereas Star Trek is kind of saying, this is what you can all become if you try, mm-hmm. which admittedly does make it a little harder to, in some cases, to relate to. Like, Star Wars is Spider-Man. Star Wars is the everyman who is fighting to be the best he can, whereas original series, old series Star Trek is Superman. It's that guy that we all wish we were, but kind of know that we're really never going to be. What with our addiction to, you know, Asian porn and or phone sex lines, whatever it is. Cheetos, you know, Cheetos are what? Cheetos, in Rodrigo's case. I, I don't know what Rodrigo does. All actually. right, everybody, there's still time for you to Nobody go over to does. the Majorspoilers.com website. Cast and your make vote. you correct. Star Wars or Star Trek? Trek. <laughs> Trek, you student. See, that's why I just love doing that. Star Wars or Star Trek, you can uh, vote over at the Majorspoilers.com website. We'll be right back after these listener call-ins. Hi, I'm listening to you guys' uh, MSRP, uh, the D&D podcast, and you guys... I've noticed that uh, Matthew, who plays Torch, has been having trouble with his character sheet and other things coinciding with, like, writing things down on a character sheet. And I just want to let you guys know that there's a really cool thing that you can get for your computer called Dungeons & Dragons Character Builder. Um, You do have to pay for it, but it's totally worth it. And you open it up, and you pretty much can create a character, and it, it automatically factors in your initiative and your to hit and everything so you don't have to look on the first page and say, okay, I have a plus three to initiative or, a, you know, whatever. It just says it here, roll a 20-sided dice and add seven or something like that. And it's really cool because you can put your character's name into it 
And um, you can create as many characters as you want. It's pretty much like a sheet, but it's just saved your computer. And it's all the way up to uh, 4.0, 4. so you don't have to worry about that. And I think it will really help out new players if they want to talk about that, if they want to get into it, and you don't have to do as much math or writing and scribbling out and things. And there's enough room for you to put in all your items, buy, and there's a shop in there that incorporates the... Uh, handbook and it has a bunch of items and magic items and weapons and things in there too so just want to tell you guys about that i think it would be a great help if other people knew about it too so thanks bye you can find out more about critical hit by visiting the majorspoilers.com website or at fine itunes podcast directories worldwide Scary Spice did not sleep with Eddie Murphy. That's what it says. The internet You're says fine. Scary Spice and Eddie Murphy had a had a kid. What does that have to do with those uh, people that just called in and left those messages? We have no idea because we weren't paying attention. We were discussing Eddie Murphy and Scary Spice. Thanks for calling, though. Thank you for calling. And Matthew, what should people do if they want to call in and have their messages ignored by the trio? <laughs> Well, ladles and jelly spoons, the easy way for you to contact us at Majorspoilers.com. If you have thoughts, if you have comments, if you want to contribute to the show, if you want Steven to derisively mock you, as he does me, <laughs> or passive-aggressively demean you, as he does Rodrigo, you can contact us at 785-727-1939, the Major Spoilers Hotline. Remember, if you're an attractive young lady and you leave a breathy message for Matthew explaining why you love him, well, nothing special will happen, but I'll very much enjoy myself listening to it. And now for the kids part of the program. (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of uh, yelling at the underlings, uh, Dante, I know you're listening in the other room. We need uh, an image drawn up of the robot overlord. Dude, he's giving you the finger. I don't give a crap. Dante will do it. It means different things in Europe. Though. We do actually have a camera. We have a camera system throughout Stately Spoilers Manor, yes. which allows us to see what's going on in the various rooms. Just make sure you never go to the bathroom. All right, this week we are talking Saltwater Taffy Volume 3 from Oni Press, The Truth About Dr. True. I think I read this like nine years ago when Man, you told me we were going to do it on the show. The thing is, we had Rodrigo drop out, then we had people sick, then we had a live 150th episode anniversary mm. special. And now we're finally back into the regular schedule with Saltwater Taffy, the truth about Dr. True, the continuing adventures of Jack and Benny Putnam. Put- yeah, Putnam. Putnam. On their summer vacation in Chowder, Bay. in Chowder Bay. On my shoulder. Rodrigo loved this uh, issue, so Rodrigo, why don't you give us the breakdown of what happens? Okay, here's Break what down. happens. Dun, 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 Y'all know Jack and Benny. They're cool kids. Yeah, they are. Benny finds, goes out, exploring. To um, seek some treasure. That's right. And he finds something interesting. He finds a bottle that apparently belonged to Dr. True. And Dr. True is the name of the saltwater taffy store that they like to get. Ah, okay. So they go back and they try to figure out what the dealio. Um, and they talk to um, the current guy who owns the store, who is a descendant of Dr. True. I think his name is probably Mr. True because he never got his doctorate. Um, and when they get down there, they open and they find a bunch of these bottles. And when they get down there, they f- they open one of the bottles and out pours a ghost. Uh, That's right. No, I'm a 
who scary, does scary not grant them three wishes. Yeah, <laughs> like most ghosts, <laughs> like um, most spirits in a bottle. Uh, I see. There's a there's a really awesome interaction. Um, so they all freak out, or, or bo- they both freak out when the ghost comes out, the, the ghost of Doctor True, and uh, they're like, ah, and he's like, um, Jack is like, are you here to kill us? And the doctor is like, ha ha, killing is not the reason for my presence. And Benny's like, then what is it? Murder! <laughs> and they scream again. <laughs> it's a, there's a lot of good comedy in, oh, in this Oh, there really is. Issue. It's just, it's, it's kind of amazing how, I mean, you see it in, you know, other writing, but like, it, it's just kind of impressive, like the timing of it. Right, right. And some of it's real subtle too, like at the beginning of the episode, um, Jack and his dad are sitting out on the porch, and instead of beer me, you know, dad's like, hey, you want a soda? Yeah, and he just tosses it over like you'd toss a friend a beer, and, you know, the mom's complaining because there's no work being done, and then Jack and Benny, or not Jack and Benny, uh, yeah, Jack and Benny go off to hunt treasure, and then dad picks up the Game Boy and is playing the Game Boy essentially for the next half of the issue. Yeah, like eventually you cut back to him and he's still playing. But uh, Dr. True pops out of that bottle and he says, I was framed! I was set up by the town's founder, Colonel, what's his name? Who everybody Captain loves. Captain William Hollister. Yes, Captain William Hollister framed me. And here's the proof. Here's a picture of him when he was in jail. And here is, uh, here's the letter and, and all of this stuff. Here, let us open this envelope. It was Hollister in the study yes. with the candlestick. Yes, and well, he was he a deserter. Now, Captain Hollister is this town founder. I mean, if everybody watches The Simpsons, he's the equivalent of Obadiah Springfield. Obadiah Springfield. Zebediah, Obadiah, Jeremiah, Zebediah Springfield. Yes. And unfortunately, Jack and Benny and the proprietor of the taffy store go forth to the to the mayor and say, "Hey, everybody, um, you know, let's go dig up the rest of these bottles." And they discover this body. Dead body, skeletal remains, with the knife of Captain Hollister through the ribcage. The implication that Hollister, uh, Dr. True found out Hollister's true story was going to expose him to the world and Hollister killed him. The end. One would think, and the town folk get all riled up, including uh, Mr. Putnam. They're ready to go down to the town square (laughs) It's just like the dad just goes in right and he's like, now I, I better go with this mob to make sure they don't do anything stupid. And he's like the first one yes. up there with like he's some He's the first rope. one. And when they're ready to tear down the sta- statue, he's like, get a rope, tear it down. Gets everybody all uh, all riled up until dun, 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 the ghost of Captain Hollister returns and explains to the good folk of Chowder Bay that in Arr. fact, Dr. True was the one who made up these crazy elixirs that made half the town go blind, and he tried to steal out in the middle of the night. Uh, and then he got might, mighty thirsty and drank some of his own elixir, went blind, fell on the knife that he had stolen from Captain Hollister. The end. And, oh, and the uh, pr- prison yes. photo? Apparently. His evil twin his evil brother. twin brother. That's right. A fittingly sad end to well, a Dr. True hired. He was nefarious. Yes. Now, here's what I want you to know. Throughout this sequence, Dr. True is voiced by Don Messick uh-huh. in his evil old man voice from Scooby-Doo, 
whereas um, Captain Hollister is definitely Dawes Butler somewhere in between Top Cat and Yogi Bear with kind of like an, an Irish accent. Yeah. Huh? How fitting they sat unto a life of this age. And, of course, awesome. it turns out that uh, the crazy old fisherman that we've met since Angus, Angus since the uh, first volume is related to Hollister. And, of mm-hmm. course, the Taffy Man is related to the uh, Dr. True, as, we, as we've mentioned before. And, of course, they look almost exactly like yeah. their ancestors because how would you tell them apart? Um, all is forgiven, and in the end, Jack and Penny find a hidden note from, apparently, Captain Hollister. Ooh. That has the hidden history of Chowder Bay, which will hopefully lead them to further adventures down the road. Dun, dun, dun. Matthew Lowe, did we decide his name was Lowe? L-O-U-X? Dun, dun, dun. That sounds about right. Let's say Lowe. So, a, a fast read. Because Laux takes a while to say, say excuse me. <laughs> Especially if you're drunk on rum. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a really good Pop-Tart. Another fast read, I think. Mm-hmm. Personally... From the art side, I love the black and white art in this. Oh, yeah. I love the thick lines. I love the kid-friendly nature of it. I love how when they're talking about the oldie-timey stuff that the art takes on an oldie-timey kind of nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The the characters are very simple, but the backgrounds, like in the yeah. previous volume, are very detailed. Yeah. Um, Especially does... the scene where you see the skeleton. Yeah. Yes. And it's a very photorealistic skeleton, and no one in the entire city has a head that would have a normal skeletal <laughs> bone inside of it. But you look at that, it's kind of like that, that manga conceit where the characters have, you know, the characters have their little bloopy cartoony like little tumors. But yeah, but the machinery is always perfectly rendered. Yep. I love that. It, it works for me in that it gives the characters kind of a life separate from their backgrounds. I really like the fact that you can hear all this dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, it, it's not like I love Kevin Smith's writing, but if you read Kevin Smith's dialogue out loud, it's just, it's not what human beings say. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is all, especially the points where Angus and Dr. True's grandson are arguing about whose great grandfather was really the murderer. Right. You know, it, it's silly, but you can also hear it. And the moment at the end where, you know, he's telling the real story and he's explaining, Captain Hollister's explaining what really happened. Mm-hmm. I just love that whole thing. It's like the Scooby Doo reveal. Yeah. Well, in in fact, the you know the art changes slightly, but I also like the panel borders, which take on the oldie timey picture effect, where you've got the yeah. the corners. Can you say oldie timey one more time? Oldie timey. Uh, <laughs> that's the secret word. Okay, so the first volume, the first volume was kind of an amazing. Well, is kind of like a supernatural adventure with a giant lobster. Mm-hmm. The second one was kind of a magical adventure involving a giant eagle. Yes. This one is an Encyclopedia Brown mystery. To some Except degree. that we didn't have to flip back to page 82 to find out how Encyclopedia Brown. It turns out the, the money case. was hidden under an eraser. <laughs> turns out the egg was hard boiled. Turns out that the skunk ape was actually Harmon Muldoon. Turns out that the car had actually been off for many hours. That's why the child didn't burn his feet. It turns out that no one ever actually saw the island. <laughs> I don't know if Matthew is reciting from actual Encyclopedia Brown uh, answers, but those were ones that I remember from reading Encyclopedia Brown. 
This is a mystery. This is just kind of a mystery story. She any relation to Scary Spice, Melanie Brown? <laughs> did Encyclopedia Brown's sister have a baby with Eddie Murphy? Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> so the question is, did you like this story in that it wasn't the super fantastical bit? We didn't see Talking Squirrels, although they're, they're referenced. Mm-hmm. We didn't see Old Salty. We didn't see a giant eagle flying around. It was ghosts, and it was a... Probably an appropriate time of the year for this to come out, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was just, it was a little different story for me, and I, I'm not sure. I mean, I love the story, don't get me wrong, but it just seemed a little off for some reason. Uh, I was I was actually kind of glad for it um, because, I mean, it could be that from here on out, all the adventures to Jack and Benny are, and now they find this strange, gigantic animal. True, 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 true. You know, so... Giving them, you know, a Scooby-Doo mystery or something like that, it it, it breaks it up. It it gives you, you know, it's like, how do these two kind of hilarious characters right. um, react when thrown into this type of fiction? Yeah. Matthew, what did you think of this story compared to the other two? I actually found this one the most approachable, and I'm not sure why. Um Maybe it's just that whole familiar ghost story riff because I, you know, I grew up Boy Scouts and reading, you know, the Mad Scientist Club mysteries and Encyclopedia Brown. And I mean, this was very easy to get into. And granted, I also used to collect antique bottles. So I looked at that bottle and went, ooh, that's a neat one. (laughs) But I mean, I liked this. It had, I don't know, more of of a personal feel to it. Jack and Benny weren't really the outsiders in a weird place in this one. They were actually helping to explore the mythology of a place that they can, you know, they're pretty much at home in. Right. It it gives us more background on characters we saw in the first and second volumes. It gives everything more depth. It's kind of like the third chapter Mm -hmm. of of that ongoing serial thing. So I, I liked it probably certainly more than the second one, which don't get me wrong, was still a good story. But I think this is my favorite of the three books. Okay. I still I'm still fond of, of the first volume. But this one is really solid. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the story was done well done, is well written, the art is fantastic. Uh, for a kid's story, man, kids should be reading this. Your your daughter's old enough to be reading this stuff, right, Matthew? Yeah, pretty much. She's actually been reading a Christmas carol. She was explaining to me how Marley is dead, 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 and dead. <laughs> You know, it'd be much easier if you just go and take her to the movie. <laughs> I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> Oni Press, I think, did a fantastic job. Youth 7 Plus. Rodrigo, you got any kids in your life that you'd like to uh, say, hey, kid, hey read kid. you some salt water taffy? Read a book. Yeah, there you go. Stop playing outside in the sunshine <laughs> and read a book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my nephew's a little too young. I, I think still, seeing as how he can't read at all. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but I think that he'd really enjoy it uh, once he got a little older because he does like, uh, I don't know about this volume in particular. I'm sure he'd like it too, but he does like um, big monsters and stuff. Okay. What do you guys think? Um, Oni Press, they've got another series. That Oni Press puts out called the uh, what's it called Scott Pilgrim something Scott or other versus something Spil- Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim something like no, that. No, it's not Pilgrim. It's it's like is it like Scott- Pil- Pilgram? No, no, it's like. Uh, but regardless, that you know that series comes out like once a year. 
mm-hmm. no new volume every year. Saltwater taffy, it seems like that's almost the same thing. Almost Scott nine- religious separatist, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Scott tripping through time and space. Um, this one seems to come out about every ten months. Got Mayflower. Do you want to do you want to see this come out more often, or is once a year essentially once a year good enough? I don't know. It's it's that sort of thing where it's like if I started complaining and if people started complaining, we want more salt water taffy. Like, what would it be worse if it came out more often? I, I mean, don't know, but you know, you can head over to saltwatertaffycomic.com and see a new strip posted every other week. Well, there you go. So maybe that's the answer to my my fix. Yeah, get your saltwater taffy fix that way. Since you since you already check out thirty seven thousand web comics. Yes, today. exactly. I can just make it thirty seven thousand and one. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I think as a kid, I know Encyclopedia Brown books were there was a whole bunch of them whenever I was younger. It seemed like I was yeah. reading a new Encyclopedia. Did you hear Brown he was murdered? Month. Oh, what? Encyclopedia Brown was found dead in a library dumpster. Wow, what happened to him? Uh, looks like he was nearly decapitated. Apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, Idaville Police Commissioner Bugs Meany said the Detectives Brown's death is a great loss. <laughs> According to Quit uh, reading the Onion. <laughs> <laughs> and besides that, he was at the North Pole watching the Penguins, so he couldn't have committed the murder. <laughs> I I kind of wish as a kid, and I'm sure when my son turns seven, there'll be ten volumes of this thing. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll probably go through them pretty quick. I'm hoping that he has some other great kids' books to read so that he can continue in, in kind of having a love for reading, not just comic book reading, but just reading in general. And I think these are engaging enough stories to keep a kid's interest for a couple of hours. And even an adult, maybe, for an hour or two. I'm yeah. saying Saltwater Taffy, The Seaside Adventures of Jack and Benny, The Truth About Dr. True, Volume 3. Big thumbs up from me. Oh, definitely. Just that... That that interaction that I read before just totally did it for yeah. me. You're going to kill us? No. Uh, uh, I'm well, going to murder yeah, you. Yeah, he's like, what? then why are you here? Murder. You can just ah! feel him. You can just see him. Murder. You know, with yeah. the oily that's, that's what I said about the Don Messick voice. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Matthew, what are your thoughts? What are final thoughts on this? I think that, um, well, really, a black bra and bobby socks wouldn't be that Tardy. Oh, oh, about the book? Yes, about I the really book. Li- I like the... Uh, it it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the Halloween figures that you can buy at the store where they're like, they have the little joints in them and they're just little paper figurines. I love the way the art manages to keep the reality of these weird proportions to where it looks like you've taken one of those figures and moved it around. Jack and Benny are awesome character designs. Oh, yeah. And even the scary parts are scary in a fun way. You mean like them touching the skeleton? Murder. <laughs> or, you know, it, this is this was a wonderful story for me. I'm probably going to just go ahead and give this book to Molly. Cool. And see if she wants to read it. There's some big words in it, but, you know, we'll teach her. Oh, come her on. Late. She's reading The Christmas Carol, and she uh-huh. can't read some simple words like slanderous note in a vain attempt to exonerate himself and pass the blame on to his investor? Yes, she probably can't read that, okay. but I will help her. All right. She's in kindergarten, for God's sake. What do you well, want from me? Oh, come on. I want her PhD by next week. She's a smart oh, kid. Right? She's a smart kid. 
right. So thumbs up all around. Go check it out from Oni Press, Saltwater Woo. Taffy. Big positive reviews. Woo. Anything else, gentlemen? Woo. Yeah, Doctor mm-hmm. Who, Waters of Mars. Oh man, and that part where he's all like, <laughs> I am the doctor, and the guys are like, oh no, he's a doctor. Oh no, what is going to happen next? <laughs> well, next week Ooh. he dies. Yep. You son of a bitch. I'm just letting you know something that the whole world knows. I am not speaking to you. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Major Spoilers experience. There's so many things going on with Major Spoilers. We've got the Majorspoilers.com website, news reviews, web comics, things that don't music. rhyme with ooze. Yes, things that don't rhyme with ooze, including booze. We do have boobs though on the site. Sometimes. We do? Yes. Every every time you write oh. a review, Matthew. Ba-dum-ba-dum. Pam Greer. There you go. Uh we've got the Major Spoilers forum. Uh we are backlogged on the number of people that have signed up, so if you haven't gotten a permission recently. It may be Eat coming it, your fan way. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. We've got Critical Hit, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which is a big hit with the people over at iTunes and all the people around the world that play Dungeons and Dragons. We've got somewhere this podcast. on the main page. Stephen has in fact made a misspelling. If anyone can tell me by next oh, yeah. week the name of the document in which Stephen has very clearly sure. misspelled the word in big 12-point type. I'm sure I've misspelled I'll plenty. I'm sure I've, I've misspelled plenty of things on that site. Um, what Absolutely. else? Next week, we're going to be talking Absolute Sandman, Volume 1. So you'll want to tune in for that because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you next time. Murder! <laughs> If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 
Spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009. What? Maybe Nothing. That's, maybe that's what I should review instead of Nola. What's that? The new Mario game. Do, 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 do. For the do. Wii. Wii. Which one is it? it? Yeah, we do. What's it called? Super Mario Brothers Wii. Molly and I are still trying to finish <laughs> Super Mario The box Gats. cover just has Mario and uh, Luigi standing beside a wall, and there's this yellow stain running down. <laughs> Super Mario Wii! The Wii has been out for four years. <laughs> but that joke never gets old. Damn it. <laughs> well, Steve, on a scale of one to ten, you're an eight. <laughs> I figured there was a number two joke coming. <laughs>